Well, hello to you, and welcome to the For the Record podcast, episode number 78. Um, today, uh, happy Friday. Today, uh, today's St. Patrick's Day, so I hope you have a happy St. Patrick's Day. Um, as always, don't drive drunk. Uh, call um, a friend or AAA or um, uh, just don't drink and drive. That's the point of the message. Just just don't do it. It's never a good idea under any circumstances, even if you're buzzed. Um, I just want to look out for you. That's all I'm. Um, that's all I'm gonna say. Um, this episode is. Uh, we'll get to the guest um, in just a moment. The guest we had um, was part of that series, that week of um, shows where we recorded episodes. We kind of back cataloged them and had to um, wait to put them out, not because of any um, obligations on um, or time constraints from their side, but just because we had a lot of episodes that were time-sensitive that had to go up um, a little bit later, um, or added a little bit earlier. Um, this episode is sponsored by Audible.com. To get a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook, visit www.audibletrial.com slash shameless promo. Once again, audibletrial.com slash shameless promo. All right, uh, this episode is with Pathetic of Anti-Flag. Uh, this was a-, a fucking great conversation. Pat was awesome, and if you don't know who anti-flag is they're a punk band from pittsburgh pennsylvania um and they've i mean they've been around for years they've had a couple different lineup changes um but they've they've been around since i believe they started in like uh in 1988 i think is when they started just as like teenagers and that that wasn't as i don't know if that was as anti-flag i think it was just i i'm not 100 percent sure on the history of that i know that it was just um that they kind of started playing together and started jamming, but it, it was early on when they were when they were uh, when they were younger. And uh, this, uh, the thing about anti-flag though is how um, is how political they are in their music. But how, but so regardless of whatever you think of their views or what or whatever it is, um, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, um, you have to admit that they deliver every message they have with music with uh interviews with total conviction and passion and strong belief in in what they believe in um and uh it it was it was so great to talk to pat it was it was a very different conversation i tried to not make the podcast political i try not to talk about anything like that so i really just kind of sat back and i tried to engage a conversation but i also just kind of listened um and it was it was fascinating. Um, I really hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did. Um, the band uh, this was taken during the Real Big Fish Anti Flag tour. We did it uh, shortly before they played, and then they absolutely killed it when they went on stage a little while later. Um, but uh, if you do get a chance to see them at all, please do go and see them. They're an, they're an incredibly fun band uh, to watch um, and a lot of fun to listen to. So here we go, episode number seventy eight with Pathetic of Anti Flag. Enjoy.
Francisco today. I don't think we've ever played this room before. The Regency? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's we've played the uh, Fillmore. We've played the Maritime. We've played, and then the punk rock rooms. Oh, nice. Um, Slims and stuff like that. You guys play the Warfield? I don't know if I've ever played the Warfield. Is that a big room? It's uh, it's a little bit bigger than this. It's more of a theater. Okay. It's yeah, I don't all owned by the same company. Okay. Um, but it's it's which is the devil. <laughs> Live Nation. No, it's uh, Golden Voice. Golden Voice. Oh, okay. Golden Voice okay, is the not as... California one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Live You're Nation. Right, because I thought the the Wi-Fi password I thought was Live Nation, but maybe I was wrong. Oh well, then if that is the case, then they have changed it, and I am maybe. not aware. Well, I mean, I, you you can't trust anything I say. <laughs> um, it's um, interesting because yeah, as we travel around, um, the rooms are different, but the Wi-Fi connection is the same, and you're like, oh, these are all the same company, and you realize that just because the Wi-Fi connection. Oh yeah, there's some kind of deal they've yeah. all struck with whatever yeah. the company. I mean, there have been days when I've done, there have been days when I've done interviews here, and then there will be uh, whatever band, and then the Wi-Fi password is set to the band's Ooh, name or something like wow. that, so they change it up. Wow, and, nice. Uh, I haven't, so. I haven't been involved in any of that <laughs> secrecy things. But uh, what yeah. did you guys get in here? Um, we came in last night. We drove from somewhere else. We were in Reno, Nevada last night. Okay. Biggest little city in the world. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> where uh, junkies and uh, meth heads go and hang out. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of towns like that in uh, the yeah. world these days. A lot of meth and a lot of, yeah, a lot it, of heroin. It's, it's really scary. Um, I guess the one question that I did have... You didn't want to talk about meth and heroin today? <laughs> we, hey, we can okay. talk about meth and heroin. We can go. Well, I will tell you, I'm going to take you off subject for just a brief second. <laughs> no, but as a, as a uh, guy in a rock band, what we do is we're in streets and in back alleys in the late at night and early in the mornings because we leave venues very late at night and then we usually get into the next town early in the morning and you see a lot of uh, homeless people, a lot of junkies, a lot of mental health uh, disorders, and you realize that um, that the U.S. is definitely not doing a very good job at managing any of those populations. Oh, yeah. And uh, we travel around the world, and the amount of drug use in other places is, you know, there's the same amount of mental health. It's a biological condition, and yeah. there's the same amount of mental, amount of mental health issues in every population. Um, but the U.S. seems to have a lot more oh, yeah. uh, street people on the streets and people who are being forgotten about. So yeah, you get a chance, throw some money their way, so absolutely they can uh, get some food or get some drugs or whatever gets them through to the next <laughs> next moment. Yeah, um, lo as long as they're alive, there's a chance they can get help. Yeah, there was uh, it was the station over in. It was one of the BART stations, which is like our subway system. It was the, there's one, it's I think Union Plaza, or whichever one is like the central in San Francisco. Yeah. I came back from a show one night, it was like 10 o'clock, and it's, I mean, it's notoriously known because it's the most homeless population state, like train station, because yeah. they're just, people just can't, because it's all underground and indoors, it's a much bigger yeah. area, so people can just come in and do that before they go into, uh, the part where you need a ticket to get through. Yeah. And, and it's I, warm and safe. Exactly. Yeah. Away from all the rain yeah. and all that stuff. And there was, I mean, there were people that were, I saw people like sharing needles and hitting up. Yeah. And then I walked past that and there's 15 to 20 other people all just sleeping um, with like literally everything that they own. Yeah. Which is, if they're lucky, a backpack. And I wrote something on Facebook. I wrote, it's like, this is what I just saw. And I was like, but you know, 
we're building a wall. <laughs> that, that's good. Well, and, that and, helps and, what we're doing. That is, that is an interesting segue. Well done, sir. <laughs> um, because all these things that, uh, that Trump is doing right now are just smoke and mirrors, and they're taking energy, money, and, uh, and time away from real issues. Um, immigration is not a problem in the U.S. Yeah, it's just not. It's the the fear that all of these that everybody from Mexico is a rapist and a drug dealer is a not true, and it is a a um, a fantasy that the Republicans use to gain power. Yeah. And, um, and it's unfortunate because there are so many issues as we're just talking about. Of course, that could that if we devoted a little bit of time and energy to, we could really make an impact on. But we're we're worried about um, Donald Trump being peed on in a uh, oh, in man, a Moscow story. hotel and um, yeah. and uh, yeah and immigrants coming across the border and all the other crazy bullshit. Yeah, that's there's going on. there's I mean it's every day you look at the at the news no matter what it is whether it's um, a news app on like Apple where like if you can subscribe to it, you get like Time or New York Times or whatever it is yeah. whether it's that or whether it's Facebook or whatever it's just it's scary but like, it, it is it's, just scary it's, it's scary because of because of the hatred but it's also yeah. scary in the fact that it's just spinning our wheels on things that are of no importance to anybody except for a guy sitting in Iowa who's never seen a Mexican mm-hmm. or an immigrant or a refugee in his life yeah. and he's afraid of everybody so those are the people they're just speaking to and those people uh, we don't need to speak to them because there's bigger issues that we need to be worrying about Absolutely. so having said that now yes. we can go to your question oh, no, about it's a, rock and roll which is actually well <laughs> it was interesting because it wasn't it was kind of a that was a good segue mm-hmm. into what I was going to ask which is it had to do with your music and the way that you guys I mean it's no secret that you guys talk about you're very vocal about um, the world and about very important issues that are going on is it weird to you guys that a song you wrote on an album like Die for the Government or a song like, particularly like the press corps, is still completely relevant to this day? Like, I, the day after he won, I was listening to that song and I'm like, holy shit, this is terrifying. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it, 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 when I was younger, before, um, when we were younger, we wrote songs about being angry and found inspiration in our anger and didn't weren't as well educated on issues as we've as we've gotten to be as we've gotten older. Yeah. So um, it, when you ask me that, is it do I expect those songs in in uh, that we wrote in 1994 to still be relevant in 2017? I would have said I hope not. But the reality is, is that. Those issues have been with us for millennia. Uh, police violence, whether it's police or some type of power structure being violent when their job is to protect, and in the corruption of powerful. Those issues have been with us for millennia. And if you look at um, people like Woody Guthrie, he was singing about immigration um, and the rights of immigrants. But in his day, it wasn't the immigration of Mexico into the U.S., it was immigration from Oklahoma to California. Interesting. And so these issues, there's always small-minded people who are trying to control other people. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter their, what the geography is or what the issue that separates them is always going to change. But there's always going to be those people who are saying, no, we don't want you to come in here. We don't want your kind to be here. And 
it is our job as human beings, activists, artists, to fight against those small-minded people and say, you know what, these, these differences that you cite as separating us are not real and um, we need to break down those barriers. So you clearly think that entertainers should only stick to entertaining. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I do actually, but because if it's not something you're passionate about, you should sing songs about whatever you're passionate about. I don't think that that. Yeah. I don't. For me, um, art has to make me uncomfortable or make a statement. And if it doesn't do those things, it's not interesting to me. That doesn't mean that it's not art. It's just not interesting to me. And um, so if you want to paint pictures that are beautiful, you should go and do that. You shouldn't say, well, now Trump's in office, I should paint pictures of, um, of people being tortured um, because Trump's in office if that's not what you're passionate about. However, yeah. if you are passionate about it, you should absolutely make those statements yeah. because um, art doesn't change the world, but art inspires the people who do change the world. And if you can put those ideas out there, and then hopefully they will inspire somebody to make things better for somebody else. Beautifully said. Um, do you think that it's, I mean, given that you, with some of the interviews and some of the news pieces that will go up, when you see the people, not necessarily Donald Trump, but just people either within his cabinet or that are generally, like, the, I guess the edgier side of, uh, it's that uh, Milo, whatever his name is, there's the, oh, the that guy. The, um, yeah. He has a, he's a longer yeah, yeah, Greek yeah. last name. Yeah. Do you think it's important to hear the size of those people? And not, I mean, even if you don't disagree with them, do you think it's important to still be like, okay, so what do you have to say and hear them out? Or is, with people like that, is it more like, do you shut them it's, down? It's interesting because um, we've, we've toured in Europe and Germany extensively, and they, in Europe, because they went through uh, the Nazis in Germany, they have these policies of that hate speech is shut down and you can't say certain things. And in America, we have this, this um, naivete that says we allow hate speech to happen because we believe that people are smart enough to know that it's bullshit. And I still believe in that naivety of allowing people to say shitty things because there will, there will be people who will stand up to them and say, no, that's bullshit, and yeah. we don't accept that. I think that when you, um, when you silence people, it's not good for the population because we need to know that there's the extremes out there and need to know where the middle is um, away from these extremes. If we shut down the extremes, we don't know how bad it can be, yeah. and it doesn't give us a place to have the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that is very, you know, I've had that debate numerous times in, um, with friends and colleagues in, in Germany and Europe about, they're like, well, you, you shouldn't be allowed to say these things. And I, I understand that argument, and I understand the history, obviously, of why that is true. Um, um, but I, I believe that you should be allowed to say really fucked up things as long as I still have the ability to say that's really fucked up. Yeah. Um, but we'll see as as the Trump um, uh, power goes along here, whether I change my view. <laughs> but I'm hoping I can maintain that 
that belief that, yeah. uh, that there are enough rational people out there who will stand up to uh, bigotry and racism and things like that. And I've been so impressed with the, um, the people going to the airports and people marching in the streets and saying that um, these travel bans or these Muslim bans are unconstitutional and, and people willing to go out and, and make themselves uncomfortable to make the statement that not all Americans are racist bigots like Trump is. Yeah. Where did you guys, I guess, I guess this is a bit of a broad question, but where did your guys' thirst for, I guess, not necessarily politics, but just activism and speaking about these things that a lot of people are generally, whether they're in a band, whether they're a performer of some kind, are generally afraid to talk about. Where did you guys, where did that knowledge come from? Because I hear so much history and so much that I just, you don't, when you talk, that I... I just don't hear it from certain fans yeah. that say like, oh yeah, we, we don't like this or we, whatever. We were very lucky to be born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It okay. has a long history of activism and um, and and unions and, and that type of uh, and social justice. Uh, so it was interesting because as a young band growing up, if you weren't a social justice band in Pittsburgh within our community, Nobody cared about you, and it was funny because when we, as we toured and started to grow outside of Pittsburgh, we met other bands from other cities, and they didn't have that social justice aspect to them. And we we're like, "What's the point of being in yeah. a band if you're not?" If it is? And we realized as we as we grew and and toured more and more that that is a unique thing that happened in Pittsburgh that doesn't happen other places. And I. I wonder whether in 2017 Pittsburgh is the same as it was in the um, the 70s and 80s when we were growing up, and um, and then creating the music that we did because we had the steel mills being shut down, we had the um, the economic collapse of the um, of the 70s and the yeah. the manufacturing falling apart in in the Rust Belt where which is what Pittsburgh is part of. So those things are, um, yeah, it's sort of part of the DNA of, of what we do in Pittsburgh and what the, the, the world we live in. Gotcha. Um, do you think that, I mean, going back to your comment that you said about how you kind of wonder if it's the same as it is now as it was back in the 70s and 80s, uh, do you think that history repeats itself in a weird way? Absolutely. And... Um, I, as a young person, I believe that we all became more progressive as we got older and that the society got more progressive. I was like, well, now we're really, you know, we're really conservative about gay marriage and gay rights. But over time, we're going to, um, people are going to become more aware that it's just good for everybody to be able to love who you want. And, mm -hmm. and economic injustices were going to fall away because we were going to realize that if we redistribute wealth, um, it's better for everybody, and it's going to be, and it's going to be better. And I thought that that society has progressed and got better and better and better as as time went on. And as you then again, my naivete of that, the realization that 1930s Berlin was some of the most liberal and progressive um, yeah. places in the world, and what happened there in the following. 20 years, 30 years, is catastrophic. So you realize that um, 
that societies don't always progress. They, they go in cycles and there are, there are cycles of revolution, there are cycles of change, and there are cycles of, and it's almost, and this is a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a downplaying, but it's also revolution is fashion, is a fashion, and it comes into fashion, and yeah. it goes across the world as a fashion. And after every progression of um, revolution and change, there's also this backlash that comes of this rise of the right wing, which we're dealing with right now. Yeah. Because we had that progression, we had that that liberalization of the Middle East where people were trying to take their rights back with the Arab Spring and trying to um, overthrow their governments that were oppressive. And now we have this, this, um, this, this right-wing insurgency that's going across the whole world too with Brexit and we have it in with Le Pen and That's right, and Brexit France. did happen. Yeah. yeah, and it's so these things that are happening in the U.S. are not just isolated to the U.S. They are they are a world phenomenon. There's uh, one of the things that um, Russia with Putin and, and Trump, they both believe in this white genocide thing that white people are oppressed and they need to be uh, rise up and fight fight because white people are oppressed which is the dumbest <laughs> oh thing I've ever God. heard in my entire life but there's oh that there's this narrative is out there yeah. that white people are repressed and we need to um, um, you know take back our power and which is completely stupid oh and please nobody believe that white please people nobody are not believe that <laughs> Jesus white people Christ. are in control of everything in, in the whole world oh and, my God. Yeah. and all the problems that we have are probably because of white men yeah, <laughs> and as a white man, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, I am. I am too. Like it's 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 so there's there's not even a, sometimes there's just not even a word for it with whatever's going on. Like I can't even bring myself to say, just say like other than what the fuck is yeah. probably the only thing that can go on. There's a lot of fucked up to go. I, I mean, given that you guys have as a band that the the history that you guys have with having grown up in Pittsburgh, having um, having an opinion about all these different things that have happened that have impacted where you've lived. You guys have played, and whether or not, I mean, I don't know exactly when you guys first started as a band, the exact year, but... The 90, early 90s. Early 90s. Yeah. So you saw a lot of different political, I mean, many different political phases happening. Sure. I don't know what that would have been. Like, is there, I mean, if you went back and looked at your discography, would you see an obvious change in the subject material or would you say it just it kind of I mean what we're talking well about it's about the, the subject matter is always about injustice and anti-flag is at its best when it's talking about issues that are not in the mainstream but are very important um, like in the last record we talked about drone strikes and we hear about drone strikes in the US and what we hear is oh yeah thank God we got that bad guy and we, we shot him out of the sky yeah. But what the reality of drone strikes is, is drone strikes are much like a, um, a terror weapon, is that people are living under the threat of um, bombs coming out of the sky at any moment because they don't know the, the drones are up there. And one of the quotes that was really, and we use it on our cabinets, is that the kids in some of these areas where the drones are operating, they say they, they're pray for cloudy days because when the, it's cloudy out, the drones aren't flying because they can't see who, um, who they want to blow up. So the realization that a drone strike is the same as a suicide bomber, it's just an econo there's just an economic difference where a drone is a, is a million dollar, uh, multi-million dollar aircraft that's 
going in and blowing up yeah. somebody versus a guy in a suicide vest, which is a couple thousand dollars to go in. They're both blowing up people who are completely unaware that anything is going on, that comes out of nowhere, and, it's, and it puts the population in a constant state of fear, which is uh, a, a weapon of terror, which is you know what we're fighting against with suicide bombers. It's the exact same thing as a drone strike. So that type of idea, anti-flag, I feel is at its best when we talk about issues like that and we put a different perspective on these ideas that people are being exposed to or not exposed to on a regular basis, but we're giving them a different perspective if they were exposed to it in a different way. Yeah. I think with the drone story thing, it's interesting because with with everything that you said, people will be like, why do they hate us? It's like, well, just yeah. we're kind of <laughs> we're not flying, make, yeah, we're, we're flying, flying drones over yeah, their head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're flying yeah. suicide bombers exactly. over their head every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just You it's, never know when that's gonna come down on your house or on your uh, or your village or your mosque or whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's just I think it's so puzzling to me with not only with how Trump won, but how he will get someone like he'll say department of education and then he'll get the person that has no education yeah. experience department of energy yeah. person who has no energy experience well so we're we had a lot of discussion about this in the last couple of days with um this this stuff coming about the contacts with russia one of the things that's interesting yeah. about this trump is that no no rational person wants to be associated with him so he is only able to um, get people who are um, compromised in some way already, whether they have scandal in their past or they have they've been rejected by the establishment um, for fucking shit up already. Yeah, those are the people who Trump is working with, and those people are inherently flawed and will continue to have scandal after scandal that's ultimately going to bring down his government because. These people have been known to be bad decision makers. They are going to continue to make bad decisions. Hopefully they will not ultimately lead to catastrophic consequences for us as the population. Hopefully there'll be small scandals that will ultimately lead to the, the, uh, the getting rid of Trump as a, yeah. as a political figure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing that the people, but the reality is that Trump, A, is a shitty person to begin with, so he picks shitty people. But B, the the people who he has access to choose are inherently flawed and have been proven to be flawed. Like this guy Flynn, he was fired from the Obama administration because he was um, a challenge to work with and had a lot of personal problems. But Trump picked him up, and now we found out that he still has the same personal problems. And yeah, and uh, he makes bad decisions. He resigned this time. Yeah, um, and then someone else. I forget what position they were campaigning for, but someone just stepped down. Yeah, the labor guy. Yes, yes Department yeah, of Labor. Yeah. Yes. yeah, the head of Hardee's. Yeah. We, we want the guy who runs Hardee's <laughs> to be the one who's in charge of all the all the workers in the U.S. That's that's pretty fucked up. It's like a Stephen King book. Yeah, like yeah, just yeah. like all of this. Like um, the only one that made sense, I think, in in turn, and I'm not saying I agreed with it at all. But yeah. the only one that made sense was somebody. Um, it was Rex Tillerson because he yeah. at least had experience with Exxon. I didn't agree with him, but it's yeah. like, okay, that makes sense. But then Rick But the Perry, energy secretary is has a lot more than just oil. There's yeah, yeah, nuclear, yeah. there's yeah. all these Which other things that he has absolutely <laughs> no concept of. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and is um, 
yeah, horrifying. Um, yeah, the whole the whole thing is amazing. Um, uh, we do have to acknowledge the fact that the American school system, and I know anybody who's listening to this who's in school, school sucks. We all hated school. Nobody <laughs> wants to be in school. Teachers are shitty. I get it. But the reality is the American education system is really shitty compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. And in the last 20 years, it's gotten worse and worse and worse. So we have this really shitty education system, and we have these reality TV stars. So you have these people who are not being educated correctly or at all, and now we put these reality TV stars in front of them. We think that they should have power over our lives, and this is the inevitable consequence of our lives. Next thing, we're going to have the Kardashians as oh, the, so uh, terrifying. As the uh, Secretary it's of State. So, so terrifying. These types of things, it just makes sense in the world that we live in, where we have television as educating our population and reality TV as a major source of that education. It's and scary. So this is an ine inevitable consequence of the culture we live in. I don't have an answer for it, and I'm not the kind of guy who says, we well, shouldn't watch TV. Uh, we just have to be, as a population, we have to be able to look at things critically and realize what is bullshit and what isn't. And if we don't get those skills in a school environment, or a punk rock environment, or some type of environment, we don't get those skills, and we just follow along and end up in the situation that we're in right now. Isn't it that the the current um, education system, or like the I guess the the education plan that we have, yeah, the current common high school, core, yeah, no. it's that was, but I think I read a long time ago that that was designed in like the 40s and 50s in some time area like that because it was designed for people that were the job that you were going into was to be a factory worker. Yeah. If you were an exception, you go to a business school to learn something, but you were going because you only needed a basic knowledge of uh, some math, some science, some English, just to, because you were going to work on the line for the rest of your life yeah. because that was the jobs that you had at that time. And then it just never changed as more people started to... I, I don't know specifically, but that makes yeah, sense to me. Yeah, and I don't remember specifically. The, the, re the reality is, is that we... The only thing that's going to make our world better is education. Mm -hmm. and, and if we... And if the right wing continues to say that educated elitists are the enemy, we're in big trouble because that yeah. means that stupid people are the ones who are going to run things for us, who don't have the facts, who don't know how to use statistics, who don't know how to use uh, research, and we will continue to make bad decision after bad decision, and we're going to be really fucked. So I. I, yeah, we need a better education system. When you look at the ranking of education across the world and you see that the U.S. is like 30 or 40, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And again, I, as a kid in high school, I hate fucking school. It sucks. <laughs> it's a weird thing to be arguing, but it's the reality that uh, our culture is doomed unless we can figure out a better way to educate our population. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, if not everyone learns with with school like th there's a big thing it's like everybody learns in different ways i know people who learn through uh reading more outside or wa yeah. and watching documentaries and, and doing their own independent research rather than sitting in a classroom for six to seven hours yeah. but at the same time there are still a majority of people that do learn that way 
And so you want to make it better because yeah. those are the people you want to burn oh, shit with. Yeah, we need the critical thinking to be able to see when somebody is a uh, carnival barker and a liar and to be able to say that's bullshit, I don't want to follow that. Exactly. Um, to, I guess to wrap this up, we're almost at about 30 minutes. Um, yeah, I talk too much. I no, I love it. I love when these go longer. I really do. Um, and it's nice to, to have like a conversation. I really am loving this. Um, when someone comes to an anti-flag show, whether they've been a diehard fan, whether they are coming with their buddy and it's like, yeah, come see this band that I want to see, what do you hope that someone walks away with other than just a punk show or just having a fun time? Well, one of the things that is important for us as the four guys on stage is that we want to create an environment where uh, bigotry does not exist, where violence does not exist, where um, where people are treated equally and if we can create that environment for an hour that's pretty amazing and that's for purely selfish for us because um, we don't in our in our real lives we have the same real lives that everybody else does there's fucking shitty people around us all the time but if we can come into a room and say hey for this hour we're gonna treat each other in a, in a better way than we do outside of this work outside of these walls of this thing that's pretty awesome so that is uh, that is the basic goal of our rock experience and I am more of an idealist some of the, the other guys in the band are much more musicians and they care about songs and stuff like that. I don't give a fuck about that um, they care about how, what gear that it, and how things sound I don't worry about that so much You'll get a very different answer from them, but okay. um, but so coming you come into the room, you'll experience that. One of the things that's amazing to us is because we've been in a, been doing this for as long as we have, that we are now seeing a generation of young people who come up or older people who come up to us and say, "Hey, I saw you in 1998. I went to, and I was inspired. I went and got my law degree. Now I'm working for." Um, for immigrant rights, and uh, now I'm I'm in politics and fighting for um, for you know environmental change and things like that. So that that experience of just coming into the room and realizing that it doesn't have to be the way it is outside of the room is can be pretty powerful. And a lot of people are able to take that and say, Hey, I wanna I wanna make this something more than just in this room I want to make it something outside of this world as well uh, in the outside world as well so that is our goal within that it's a pretty fun rock show yeah. you'll get to run around in circles you get to smash into your friends and there will be a lot of camaraderie and um, you get to sing along too so there are those elements as well but um, for me to be there it has to be that world of a place where bullshit doesn't exist for an hour Awesome. That actually, I, I usually, I ask this last question as a way to close things out with any musician that I speak with, uh, but I feel like you kind of answered that. Um, the question is, what does music mean to you? But, uh, I mean, does that kind of build off of what you were saying? Music for me is a vehicle to express ideas. And um, we, as a band, we've gotten better at using that vehicle to make the ideas more interesting to other people. And... Um, but for me, the music is really just a way of getting the people in the room to realize that it doesn't have to be as shitty as it is. 
All right, that was beautifully said, um, and that was a great way to close this out. So, man, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Awesome, thank you.